It's the week of Friday, December 11th, 2009, and this is The Relevant Podcast, your audio companion to Relevant Magazine and relevantmagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios is our associate editor, Ryan Ham. Hi, everyone. On the ones and twos, you'll hear his um, dulcimer tones later in the podcast is our producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Also sitting in um, is actually my little baby son, Cohen. I'm feeding him a bottle with my left hand right now because uh, his mommy is jogging with the girls at the office. So <laughs> um, if you hear uh, crying from time to time, it's not Ryan. Uh, just FYI. This time. This, usually it is. Not like normal. Yeah. Um, and on the Skype line from Virginia is none other than Jesse Carey. Also known as The Situation. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to give yourself a nickname? No. Uh, there was a new show that unfortunately premiered this week on MTV uh, about the Jersey Shore, and one of the characters refers to himself as The Situation. <laughs> it was such a good nickname that I'm taking it. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, boy. Um, this is a <laughs> great podcast. We have two killer things lined up for you. We have a live in-studio performance by As Tall as Lions. Uh, They've been featured in the magazine, actually, and they came through the studios. Also, later on, we have an audio spotlight interview slash conversation with one of my favorite hip-hop artists, Shad. Josh Loveless talked to him recently, so that's coming up. Stay tuned. Now, I have a question. Is this our last episode before the end of the year? One more. Okay. We have one more episode, people. So soak it in, and then you'll have your holiday break, and we'll be back. Yeah. So... All right, so let's see. Let's get it all started. It's time for entertainment releases. We don't have many things coming out because it's so close to Christmas. Animal Collective, though, has released their new EP, Fall Be Kind. That's coming out on Tuesday the 15th. And Alicia Keys with The Element of Freedom. Anne Berlin is coming out with New Surrender, Deluxe Edition. And Seabird, uh, one of our favorites, who's performed here as well, uh, Rocks Into Rivers is coming out on the 15th. And that will be reviewed on the website. Will it really? With a free download. Well, you know what? Here is a, here is a preview of that album. Now you're you're particularly excited about the Animal Collective. EP. I am. It's really good. I'm is wearing it, an Animal Collective T-shirt right now. Is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a little bizarre and confusing, so that I makes know. sense. Well, yeah. they're not. I got it. I like went back and forth on it because I got it at Lollapalooza, and their set wasn't good. So I was like, do I buy a T-shirt of a band whose set I didn't even like? And then I was like, well, I like their album enough. Well, and, I do read Pitchfork. <laughs> I got to buy it. Low blow. 
Did you buy that shirt, Jesse? So you could say. Anyway, so I got. So I was at Lollapalooza. <laughs> no, no, that's why I bought the Andrew Bird T-shirt. <laughs> uh, let's see, movies coming out. Oh boy, it's finally happening. On Friday the 18th, we have Avatar. I, I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited too <laughs> because you're both nerds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just excited to go. Like, okay, so my best friend is going to see it. And he's which one? You have twelve. <laughs> Brett. Brett's going to see it. Oh, Brett McCracken, yeah, Brett our McCracken. esteemed he's author, actually gonna... otherwise known as our esteemed writer and published author, Brett McCracken, not just my best friend, right. Brett McCracken. He's and he's actually writing the review for us. Oh, okay. But um, as he's... a friend or as an author? Uh, as an author, but also my friend. <laughs> as um, a best friend, <laughs> presumably. Um, yes, I have several best friends, but they are all. I, I've told you this. They're. They're all in geographic locations. It technically, isn't anyone alive in a geographic location? No, I mean, so I have best friends in like different periods of my life, and then they just sort of continue being one of my best friends. Oh, oh okay. So yeah. your seven-year-old best friend, you would still refer to? Well, I suppose if I talked to him. <laughs> oh, you had one. See, I grew up very lonely. Oh, yeah. that's sad. Yeah, I don't. I can't really identify any best friends. Yeah, I've actually, ever had. my best friend when I was seven ended up going to the same college as me. And we hadn't oh. talked to each other in like 10 years. And then I saw so him he, in the cafeteria So he's like line. bi-regional. <laughs> he's a bi-regional friend. Well, see, but that's the thing is then he was trumped by my college best friend. Mm. So then it becomes, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just confusing. Yeah. And just, then they fought to the death, didn't they? All, they did. All that to say. They av- rochambeaued. Avatar's coming out. Uh, we'll review it at the site. Brett's yeah. writing it. Here's a, here's a part of the trailer of the odd CG confusingness. I think it's going to be an absolute disaster, known as Avatar. I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. The concept is to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. They're grown from human DNA, mixed with DNA of the natives. Marine in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. You haven't gotten lost in the woods, have you? Do you forget what team you're playing for? We're going up against gunships with bows and arrows. Well, I guess we better stop him. We will send them a message. That this... This is our land! That's the thing, is I want to wait to hear if, like, because I feel like it's either going to be like really good or awful and there's no middle ground like it can't just be like yeah that was okay it's either going to be like that was a disaster and i never want to see it again or it's going to be like that changed my view of cinema no well i think we just need to keep it in perspective it's only 200 million dollars here 300 okay three 300 they won't even give the budget like they say it's over 300 million dollars and it's the most expensive movie fox has ever done but they won't reveal how much it actually cost well, uh, the, uh, the the latest issue of Wired, literally half the issue is dedicated to Avatar, and they have part of the article talks about the like thirty year development of the movie. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's still going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's really good? Was Titanic really good? That's his last last epic. Well, that's true. Yeah, but he but like Aliens was really good. And right. Terminator Two. And Terminator Two is really good. Okay. 
Thank you. You're talking about movies 30 years ago. Everything saying, since then. I'm just saying, but he developed it at the same time he was thinking up. How about those aliens. sweet underwater IMAX movies that we all saw on field trips? <laughs> he did those. <laughs> Finding the Titanic. Hear, no. I didn't hear you complaining about getting a free day off of school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cohen's drooling all over himself. Sorry about that. Um, that's okay, what ha- That's what happens when I drink from a bottle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when I talk about <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, okay. Well, that'll you know nothing else is uh, actually coming out wide release because who wants to take on James Cameron epic disaster known as Avatar? So that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, as tall as lions. Christmas Day is almost here, and maybe you are still looking for that perfect gift for that perfect someone. Well, here at Relevant, we're offering you an amazing gift for an amazing price. Give a year subscription of Relevant Magazine for only $7.50. That's right, just $7.50 a year subscription of Relevant Magazine. For more info, go to relevantmagazine.com slash Christmas. You're listening to The Killers. The song is Happy Birthday Guadalupe. It's actually a brand new uh, Christmas song they just released. The video is currently playing on Relevant.tv. You know, you can find it also at thekillersmusic.com. But why go there when you can go to Relevant? Uh, At the beginning of the podcast, you heard a Christmas classic, Jimmy Eat World's This Christmas. Um, If you haven't connected the dots, it's, it's December. We're playing Christmas music at every break. So... Recently, As Tall as Lions came through the relevant offices. They actually, when they were here, they were coming through on their tour with Mute Math. They were opening for Mute Math on their current tour. Yeah. Or I guess our opening. Um, their, their current album is called You Can't Take It With You. It's the follow-up to 2006's self-titled album. Uh, it's their third album. It's a thoughtful textured tour de force of soundscapes, vocal harmonies, melodies, and insightful lyrics about the modern world. The song's subject matter faces head-on. Uh, the politics of God, love, war, and the human condition while examining everyday struggles such as anxiety, isolation, and money. You can check them out at astallaslions.com. Here is As Tall As Lions performing their song, We's Been Waiting. Don't waste my time with those nickels and dimes. I want more for the song that I'm singing. Sell my rights, make a million overnight. No, I won't punch a clock. This is ringing. Oh, 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 we waited too long. Come. 
That was As Tall As Lions. Uh, check them out at myspace.com slash as tall as lions. You're listening to Paper Route. Route? 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 Here's the thing. I don't know. I don't... Is it a route or a route? No one knows. It's. I mean, I know you route the competition, well, and I know you have a roto router if you have a... It's like data-data. There's no right answer. Tomato-tomato? Tomato-tomato. I think it's like a north and south thing. Maybe Like so. route and route. What, is it, what do you say? I would say paper route. Paper route. Okay. Yeah. Well, then but we I go grew up in that. Europe, so I don't really count. On the mission field. Yeah. It's not really... That doesn't even count as growing up in Europe. No. Well, I mean, we were in Vienna, so it's not like I was living in a hut. That's true. <laughs> um, in our mind, you were. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I lived in a thousand-year-old nation with no electricity. <laughs> um, we're, that looked remarkably like Fiji. <laughs> Here, you're listening to Paper Route. Uh, the song is In the Bleak Midwinter. I guess it's kind of a Christmas song because it's about midwinter. Yeah. Uh, paperroutonline.com or paperrooteonline.com. Yeah. Spelled the same. It's up to you. All right. It's time for slices. Here's Jesse. 
All right. Well, uh, you know, last week I did do a story about about monkeys, and I try. Everyone knows I'm fascinated with wildlife, so I, I try not to to do any overkill with this. But I did run across this story um, in Ohio: a squirrel cut power to nine thousand customers uh, last week. Um, we can only assume it was intentional. <laughs> um, he got into a, a circuit breaker device. And uh, about uh, you know ten thousand people lost power. Now I I don't I don't approve of this kind of behavior from from any any creature human or non. <laughs> but the last line of the story uh, really disturbed me. The trespassing squirrel was electrocuted. Aww. Now I think that's a pretty harsh penalty for cutting power. <laughs> It's not the punishment. It's what happened. No, apparently the squirrel oh, community is fully. Oh, <laughs> I read that totally wrong. The squirrel huh. community is fully in favor of uh, the death penalty. That's the yeah. lesson here. Well, when I read the squirrel was electrocuted, I, I assumed that was some sort of municipal penalty. <laughs> your slices, your slices. You have planned jokes in them now. You're turning into Adam. Oh yeah, Adam's not with us today. Whatever happened to that guy? He passed away. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> When you said he's not with us, Adam, Adam's no longer with us. Yeah. Well, I, I did have another um, that's, that's kind of like a slice. Um, okay. Well, that was kind of like a slice. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, uh, this, I wanted to share something with, with the podcast audience that I, you know, I want to make people's lives better. Um, it, who doesn't? And I, I think I, I that don't. by sharing this, their life will improve almost immediately. That is, I watched the one-hour debut of a new program uh, that that made the last week just just so much better for me. It's called Steven Seagal Lawman. Excellent. Did you actually watch it? No, I absolutely did. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, because uh, I've been hearing the buzz about it, but I didn't. Yeah, I keep meaning to set a DVR season pass. <laughs> I mean, well, it's Steven Seagal. Well, like. Hey, l- l- let me just tell you this. I am prepared to buy every product that is advertised on the show in an effort to keep it on the air forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. So apparently, uh, without our knowledge, Steven Seagal has been a police officer in Louisiana for the last 20 years, bringing his own brand of law enforcement. <laughs> uh, so the show is really, it's kind of separated into two different segments. One is Steven Seagal out on the streets patrolling, okay? The second is him training uh, fellow police officers who all call him sir and like bestowing ancient Asian wisdom upon <laughs> them. Uh, and, and he constantly refers to himself in the third person. One scene, he's wait, training wait, wait. He like a group not. of cadets. As Steven or what? Steven Seagal. Even in the credits, he's like, I'm Steven Seagal. That's right. Steven Seagal. <laughs> like, I he, swear that's in the opening. Does he incorporate movie titles in there? Like, is he occasionally like, this move will make you hard to kill? <laughs> no, he does. He, he constantly refers to uh, like the, these ancient proverbs, <laughs> you know. But at one point, he he's, he has a whole bunch of cadets, and he's gonna like show them how to break somebody's arm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, there's Steven Seagal, the movie star. We'll wipe that out of your head because <laughs> Steven Seagal's about to save your life." <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's no lie; you you can't believe that he's for real the I, whole time. I can't imagine a better television program. At, at one point, he attempts at the at the police fire range to light a a, a match with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because as he informs us, just like the ancient archers, ninja archers, he is an expert marksman. That is excellent. And, and, then did he and say, this is true, too. Apparently, uh, uh, Steven Seagal has psychic powers I'm, that, I'm that he uses surprised. for good. I'm not at all surprised. He, he's driving around in his truck, in his police truck, you know? Mm-hmm. And he sees just like like two dudes walking down the sidewalk, and the camera like goes into like this slow mo night vision and like zooms in on you know the perps, mm-hmm. and then it zooms in in the same slow mo night vision tight on Steven Seagal's face. And he's like, "Pull over! I got a feeling about these guys." <laughs> <laughs> and he he pulls over, and of course they have a gun. Of course, and, of course. and Steven Seagal chases them down. Another great scene. Hey, hang on, it, hang on, hang on. When he pulls them over, does he goes? You guys have just been put under siege. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> There's one scene where there was just like a fight in a parking lot or something, you know? And the, at the time, Steven Zagal is explaining to us about Zen and, and what it's like to be at Zen, you know, mm-hmm. which is apparently peace and harmony. Right. Um, and he's trying to calm the guy down using his Zen skills. So they put the guy <laughs> in the back of the police car. Wait. You seemingly can, irate. But you can we're have Zen skills. Us. I mean, I thought Zen was a state of being. You can have skills. I think you have skills. You can have Zen skills. Maybe I don't know. I just want to clarify. Did he ever pull out one of those old, like classic Confucius say? Because those oh, are that, numerous. Like, I can just imagine him being like in the Zen parking lot, teaching all about the you know the Buddhist way of thinking, and then all of a sudden be like Confucius say, "When you stand on toilet, you're high on pot," and then everyone like <laughs> laughing. It just lights up the audience. No, no well, pun intended. Well, he he puts the guy in the car, right? You know, after he seemingly called him down, and the guy literally freaks out and kicks out the windows of the police car. That's wow. Not, that's, that's not. not he has no Zen skills. No Zen yeah. Skills. Well, then it goes to like a Michael Scott confessional out to the side, you know. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, what you saw there was not Zen. This guy is not practicing Zen." In case we didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So, what you're so, saying is... So, do yourself is, a favor. TiVo, Stephen Skull, all Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make sure to do that. Cool. All right. Uh, Does that so, make up for the squirrel joke? Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, I know we normally don't report on celebrity dating or anything like that because, I mean, it's lame. Um, Dating's not lame. Well, no, no, no. Dating's not lame. Dating, well, I mean, for most people, is great. But... It's not for you? No, it is for me too, except my girlfriend lives in China. So my dating consists of Apparently. please be on the computer at this moment. Um, but Are you sure she's real? <laughs> as far as far Are you as sure I it's know. not a man in Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I have actually met her. Oh, okay. If I hadn't, it would be you know a little alarming. But, yeah. Right. Um, anyway, Steven I mean, Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, actually Steven yeah, Seagal. He's like, you're not being very zen. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um no, but I mean, we normally don't repl- report on like celeb relationships or anything like that just because it seems so superfluous. But this week, something came to light that I feel like we need to address, especially on the podcast. Okay. Um, Jessica Simpson, mm-hmm. if you will remember, who previously dated and destroyed the career of Tony Romo and the hearts of Dallas Cowboys fans everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, apparently now has a, uh, well, I don't want to say obsessive, but a, a really excited crush say on no i wish on billy corgan of the smashing pumpkins and she posted a tweet um 
she t- posted a tweet. What day was that? Like Tuesday that said something like, you got to check out my, be- my really good friend Billy's new blog on spirituality. He has so much, so many great thoughts on faith. And if you've been to his blog on spirituality, it's like, I mean, this is the weirdest nonsense you've yeah, ever read. Right. But anyway, I just like love this idea of a, a duet. Yeah. A duet with Billy Corgan and Jessica Simpson, this like, you know, sort of clean cut mid nineties pop star with like, the but, dark but overlord of the <laughs> exactly exactly but it's just like i mean like how did this happen to billy corgan he's making like you know he's making anthems for like the angsty youth of 1994 and now jessica simpson's obsessed with him well is he obsessed back i mean well nobody knows it was a very it was very it was one of those articles that said uh, that had a lot of our sources say Mm, yeah i got you yeah all right so so it may be one-sided that's fine no no harm no foul oh yeah i'm not saying there's a foul i just thought it was funny yeah well you know who uh ryan adams is married to right mandy moore Moore. so he's another kind of angsty indie kind of you know but she dyed she dyed her hair brown yeah she became brunette so she like dirtied it up a little bit Yeah, yeah that's true I'm gonna say after walk to remember. I mean, she's she's been pretty edgy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I don't have a slice, so that'll do it for slices. Up next, an interview with one of my favorite rappers, Shad. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear? Shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees with a voice. You're listening to Copeland. The song is Do You Hear What I Hear? But obviously you do because we were both listening to Copeland. Uh, you know, the band recently split up. It's true. Um, you can find out more at thecopelandsite.com. Sad, we like Copeland. Well, if you've listened to the Relevant Podcast for a few months or you have seen the recent issue of Relevant Magazine, you know about Shad. Uh, uh, it was probably four or five months ago, I got an email um, from a reader going, I was just at Warp Tour. There's this, there's this hip-hop artist named Shad. He was amazing. You guys need to check him out. Um, you know, here's his website. And, and, you know, so we're always looking for good hip-hop, and so we did. And we're absolutely blown away. Uh, it, it's rare to find uh, a fresh, original voice in the hip-hop scene, and that's exactly what Shad is. He hails from Vancouver, British Columbia, not exactly a hotbed for hip-hop which is probably a major reason why uh, his sound and his message and his vibe is so unique. Um, recently, Josh Loveless spoke to Shad, and here is that interview. Yo, I don't really like to, but I'm... Yo, I don't really like to, but um, I put the smack down like it's rehab. Make sure that there's no relapse with these cats. Y'all cowards couldn't rap this dope with a zigzag. I let my lips drag, spitting with that big swag. It's sad, all these wannabes. Wanted to be Jay, then K West, wanna be star of the rock, kid you not Sean Connery, but like the rock, I'm surrounded by watery flow, still it really don't bother me. Fake ballers, weak game, less polish than Ben Wallace is while I breathe. Quality music, getting quality spins. Y'all stay second rate, chingies at the quality end. Now that's a joke to a real rapper. Shad, when Americans think of Canada, they, they typically think of Canadian Mounties, free healthcare, and Celine Dion. 
yeah. they they don't usually think of hip hop. As a Canadian hip hop artist, is there anything unique that Canadians are bringing to the game these days? Um, yeah, I think what we do is uh, is like a little bit different. Um, just like British hip hop, I guess is different in its own kind of way. A lot of Canadian hip hop artists. Um, they kind of do things a little bit differently. I guess the, um, the hip-hop it does a little bit well over here uh, usually has some kind of unique spin on it or flavor to it. Like uh, Chaos has um, very kind of eclectic music, a lot of, a lot of singing, a lot of kind of really sharp like pop, pop sensibility as well. Kanon has a very like African-influenced sound and uh, Cardinal Official has a very um, like West Indian kind of influence sound. So um, people that do it up here generally have um, some kind of spin on, on what they do um, that usually relates back to their own kind of unique musical influences or, or something like that. So um, I think what we do is, is, is pretty close to, to American hip hop, but we have our own uh, we have our own flavor from time to time. Brother, please, no more Pamela Lee's and set it straight. I'm the biggest thing out of Canada till Quebec separate. And I never medicate, so y'all feel me if I'm ill like a lonesome dudes. Used to burn down trees and now they stung by the simplest question. And everything they think is deception as they think of depression. Oh, tell them where our life's headed. I'm lightheaded from stress where I write hooks like a fight method. Like credit, I'm indebted for Are you finding yourself proud or discouraged at the current state of hip-hop these days? Um, I can probably say in the last 10 years, um, I think what's been really good about hip-hop is that um, if there's hip-hop music you don't like, you really don't have to listen to it. There's enough out there that um, you don't have to pay attention to um, yeah. what kind of mainstream media outlets might be feeding you. Sure. Um, um, so I think that that's been, that's been a great thing. Um, and it's kind of, I think hip-hop is kind of... Ex- Expanded to the point where I don't even know if if you can really comment on hip hop culture as a whole because it is so it's so much bigger now and so much more diverse. Um, and so I think uh, it's tough to comment on on hip hop as a whole now, which I think is a healthy thing for the music um, that it just kind of is di- more diverse and and reflects a greater variety of like perspectives and ideas. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Rapreviews.com is quoted as saying that you're more than a worthy candidate to lead hip-hop into the future. Um, if you have any say in the future of hip-hop, where would you like to see it go? I'd say I'd, I'd like to see it go further in that direction, just in terms of um, just diversifying, reflecting a, a variety of, of perspectives and, and having a, a greater range of of things that you can talk about in hip hop music, like have those parameters continue to expand, um, where it's not like you can only just talk about A, B, and C. You can you can discuss anything that's going on um, in your life or in your mind or in your heart. You can you can turn it into hip hop music. I'd like to see that happen. Yo, I try to hold some hope in my heart for these African youths coming up where I'm from. Many traps to elude, surrounded by mostly white and affluent dudes. And somehow you expected to have mastered the smooth swagger and move with the right walk, the right talk, fashion crews. So subtly attacked and abused. And what's funny is being black wasn't cool where I'm from till suddenly you started hearing rap in the school. Hallways at Mrs. Madness I grew with a knack for amusing through this little skill for rapping the dudes. And we all like to laugh at the truth. But when you young and the same facts pertain to who you rapping them to Well, I opted not to bring that to the booth But after a while, it sort of starts nagging at you The crazed infatuation with blackness, the tragic is viewed And the fact that the two only show blacks acting a fool And I was watching 
Uh, one of the one of the tracks on your album, uh, "Brother," um, you referenced that growing up, uh, you say it wasn't cool to be black. Uh, what did it take for you to become comfortable uh, in your own skin? Um, I, I'd have to credit a lot of that to uh, my parents. Um, and one um, one anecdote I remember um, in particular, I remember being like a little kid, maybe in grade two or something, and, and being aware of, of stereotypes and stuff like that, even at that age. And I remember like saying to my mom before going to bed, like, you know, I'm going to like... I'm going to do great in school. I'm going to be top of my class and I'm, I'm going to like prove everyone wrong. And I remember her saying, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. You know, you can be uh, entirely ordinary if that's what you are. You know, you, that's not, um, that's not what's important. And that, that's kind of stuck with me my whole life. That, that lesson kind of being reinforced. So a lot of that I credit to um, just my family and that the confidence that um, parents can instill in you and just, and just being yourself. Did that take a while? I mean, you, as you're saying, it wasn't cool to be black from where you were growing up. Did, did that take a while for to set in, or, or did that happen earlier on in life? Well, I think, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, of, of comfort for me growing up. Just as a little kid, you um, you know, I was aware of some things, also oblivious to, to a lot of other things, as, as kids are often blissfully unaware of a lot of things. But, um, I mean, I, I, I say in that song, too, a lot of pop culture trends sort of, changed and at a certain point hip-hop was very cool um and quote-unquote black culture was very cool um where i grew up so it was interesting watching that change as well so like um yeah i'd say for me on the topic of just feeling comfortable in who i am i think i always felt pretty comfortable in who i was and and i was always fortunate to have like a good family and good friends that uh Made me feel like I could be myself. I know it's so cliche, but I'm angry that some can't eat. Meanwhile, I'm letting a damn feast of pastas and canned meats rot in my pantry. Like, Lord, please, can we speak on this frankly? Like, God, why you letting this happen? Amen. He answers, son, I'm asking you the same thing. Cause you're supposed to be my servants out there working. Like, you're my hands reaching out to those that's hurting. You don't have long on this earth, and I hope you won't compromise. <laughs> Uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, the diversity uh, and the way that hip hop seems to continue to grow and expand. Um, and you were talking about that, how that's a really good idea. And it feels like there is this sea of various subcultures within hip hop, but there remains one great wall between most MCs. On, on one side of the street, they're the good guys who produce intelligent, conscious tracks. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe use their rhymes to speak hope and talk about issues that matter. Guys like Most Def, Talib, Common, yourself and others. And then on the other side mm-hmm. of the street, we've got the rest of the guys who use their rhymes to perpetuate materialism and chauvinism. Do, do you see mm-hmm. it that way, that, that there's a clear line between these two groups? Or is, or is that just another oversimplified stereotype? Yeah, I think it, I, I don't think it is uh, such a clear... I don't think it is such a clear line... Um, and I think that line is blurring a lot more. I mean, like, you have Common who came out with, uh, I think it was Finding Forever around, like, 2007, and that was number one on Billboard when it came out. And you have uh, Kanye West who, who will feature everyone from, from Lil Wayne to Common on their album. So I, I, I think that those lines aren't as clear, and I think, um, I think they never were um, quite so clear. Yeah, I would say that. I'd say it is it is a little bit more complicated than 
than I think it's presented a lot of times. Yeah, what happens when the walls drop? The lies is the disguises and the small talk to cover up the pain and the shame and the bald spots, runaway trains. What happens when it all stops? Artists drop gems that ring false rocks. We should have got those calls blocked like all star. We feeding our mind from the tree and eating. Lately, I've been reading what Paul taught freedom. That's what we all want. Yo, that's what we all want. Do, do you feel like that, that artists like yourself, um, have to wrestle for credibility and respect at all in the hip-hop community um, because you've chosen not to drop the F-bomb, use the N-word, and say no homo? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think that, uh, fortunately, the way music is now, um, you can put out your music and you can share it with an audience that will appreciate it, and you can find that audience pretty well, not necessarily really easily, but a lot more easily. And, you know, you might not become uh, become the biggest rapper in the world, but uh, I don't think anybody who, who makes music because they love it really care too much about that. Um, sure. I think, I think we care a little bit more about um, just finding an audience that um, is interested in hearing what we have to say. So um, I've never really felt a, a big kind of struggle because of that. It's just always been the thing of... Um, this is what I want to do and the kind of music that I want to make. And uh, and I feel lucky that um, there's people that care to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things after listening to your album that I appreciated was it just it felt like you you brought it and it didn't feel like it was missing anything, even though it didn't have those things in it. Um, and I think cool. sometimes, you know, people feel like, you know, if, if the album is clean in some way, that it's somehow missing something. But you haven't you haven't felt that pressure is what you're saying. No, I haven't. Um, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think you have to try and make yourself any edgier or or anything like that. I think you kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, you put out music that um, that you care about in, in the way that matters to you. I mean, if if what you say steps on people's toes a little bit, then so be it. But I don't think you you have to you have to aim to do that. Um, I think that's a natural consequence of speaking the truth sometimes. But uh, I don't think it's something that you got to kind of set out to do. I heard you had a voice like an angel I heard a strange tale About a saint that fell Music became jail These bars I hear you wrapped in them Woven the beats like the clothing of sheep Wolves tracks spin them DJs, CDs, C-notes, G's thrown on D's will be king like T, I hope I heard you even sang when you spoke The emotion you evoke got you choked When your beauty struck a vocal cord broke Boatless dove overboard, looked upon the ocean, caught your reflection before the Lord's. I heard you had a voice like an angel, strange though. You were blinded by the light, shining from your own halo. Fell off, sort of like a rainbow, when heaven watched your faint glow fade slow. I heard you had a voice like an angel. Do, do you feel? Do you feel any tension related to your faith and spirituality and? how that does or doesn't get presented through the tracks that you release on your albums? Um, not too much. Um, not too much. I try to keep, I try to keep in mind my audience and, uh, what they will understand, but not too much. I really try and just, um, write what comes naturally to me and, and whoever, whoever likes it, likes it, whoever understands it, understands it on whatever level they get it. I try not to, um, over 
intellectualize that or kind of over scrutinize um, the spirituality in my music. Um, I try to just kind of present it as it is, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I just try and, and, and kind of have my heart in the right place, so when I make music, whatever comes out, comes out, and uh, and I can trust that. They smile for the camera. They say smile for the camera. Smile for the camera. While we take your children, smile for the camera. While we rape your women, smile for the camera. Do yourself a favor, every one of you, right now. Stop what you're doing. Click over to iTunes or Amazon MP3 and buy the man's album. I don't say that very often, but it's great hip hop. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Up next, as tall as lions. You're listening to Jars of Clay. The song is Wonderful Christmas Time. Jarsofclay.com. You know, they're playing a free concert here in Orlando at Light Up UCF for the Christmas season. Are they? Outdoor concert. That's nice. That's when, is, when is that? December 16th. Oh, I'll still be here. Maybe I'll go. Yeah, maybe we'll go. That'd be fun. They're friends of friends of relevance. Dan used to write for us. We, be, we all sure. follow. Wait, they played on the podcast. They have been on the podcast a number of times. He's Cohen's godfather. He's <laughs> apparently. You know? Did you know that Dan grew up here in Orlando? Really? Yeah, he worked at the Peaches Music Store that I used to go to in Hot Springs. Hmm. He's you know older than me yeah. by a few years. <laughs> older. <laughs> just called him out on the podcast. Well, he is. Dan Hasseldine is old. They've had a 47-year music career. I That's mean, true. Point. I mean, they're basically the Rolling Stones at this point. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they are, I think it's fair to classify them as dinosaur rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't his son just graduate college? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, actually. We all follow each other on Twitter, so I'll probably hear about that. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. Like I mentioned, As Tall as Lions uh, recently came through the studio. Uh, yeah, they uh, they came through the studio, and I got the chance to meet most of them because it was the day of the Mute Math show, which right. was really good. And oddly enough, all of them seem to be taller than lions. <laughs> so I so think they're that, liars. Yeah, I that. think they're liars. That's the lesson here. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Oh, uh, there, you know, we're playing two songs here on the podcast. They recorded a third, which will be exclusively playing on the podcast episode page. So go over to relevantizing.com and check it out. You can download it there for free. Well, I, I just thought of this too. I, I, I feel bad for calling them lions. They're probably talking about Detroit lions. Oh. Oh, yeah. And they're as tall as those they're guys. They're probably, well, they might even be shorter. So either way, they're probably liars. Yeah, either way. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, here, here is, without any further ado, here is As Tall as Lions performing Circles. Oh 
time you need to let me know I'll fight your demons when they start to show I would never mind a sudden change Sometimes it gets us on our better days You're just a victim of the circumstance That was As Tall As Lions. The song was Circles. Check them out at astallaslions.com. You're listening to Rosie Thomas. The song is Why Can't It Be Christmas Time All Year? Oh. Because it wouldn't be special. Don't you realize it takes something away to bring it back? Don't say anything bad about Rosie. Every time I see her in concert, I was like, yeah, I'd marry her. She's a liar. No, she's not. She's a beautiful, pure angel. What does your girlfriend think about that? 
My girlfriend doesn't know about that. Your girlfriend, Steven Seagal? <laughs> my girlfriend, Steven Seagal. Yeah, does Seagal know about this? <laughs> That's not very zen. <laughs> Rosie Thomas. <laughs> yeah, he talks like he talks like Batman in The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's the worst part of those movies. Um, anyway, you can check her out at rosiethomas.com. It's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, we said the, ho- you know, the holiday season is upon us. We wanted to know your favorite Christmas songs and or albums from the last five years. No, Don't throw any Bing Crosby in there. Right. We've all heard those. Well, and that's obvious. And they're fantastic. Right. But we want to know your favorites from the last five years. So you went over to relevantmagazine.com, clicked on the episode page, and there in the comments, you posted your replies. Here are some of our favorites. Well, we, we mentioned this before. Eric Josiah said that he loves the Jars of Clay Christmas songs. It's a great album. He says not only his favorite uh, Christmas album, but it's his favorite Jars of Clay album. Interesting. Tim uh, said, I know you're going to get 5,000 people saying this. So he says, so I don't have the highest odds of being the one read on air. Mm, I'll contraire. Look at that. But I must remain true to myself. And it wins by a long shot. Sufjan's Christmas Collection is my favorite Christmas music of all time. Congratulations, I think it's safe Tim. to say we we were seeing a, we saw a trend with these. Yeah, Sufjan and Jars and, and Reliant Clay. Reliant, Reliant K. K. Surprise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, not, I would say surprise. I like Reliant K. Well, let's, let's hey, okay, those really are overwhelmingly the three that keep coming up. So why don't we do this? Let's play a clip from all three from Sufjan Stevens's uh, seminal album, his Christmas album. Uh, here is part, a clip from the song that was the worst Christmas ever. My sister runs away, taking her box to the schoolyard, schoolyard. In time the snow will rise, in time the snow will rise. In time the Lord will rise, in time the Lord will Good stuff. Great album. Great album. Um, Especially, and that's one of those that's like worth buying the set instead of just the digital editions because it's like five. Well, and it comes with stickers. Yeah, it comes with a poster. Wow, it comes with a lyric booklet. I am enough of a devoted Sufjan Stevens fan that I also bought the tie-in advent calendar that he released that year. That's amazing. Yeah, it's on Teresa's desk. You should look at it. Wow. Uh, you know, like you said, Eric Josiah mentioned Jars of Clay's Christmas songs. Here's a little clip from that album. A morsel. Taste. Morsel. Ooh, here's a taste of a, <laughs> of a morsel. It's a tasty <laughs> morsel. A tasty morsel. It's a tasty morsel from the Jars of Clay album, Christmas mm, so songs. So good. The snow is climbing up the door. The weatherman is sure there will be more. Let's make a cozy little cave just for two. Let's have a hibernation day. Yep. Delicious. Savor it. Oh, it's tasty. And then Reliant K's uh, Let It Snow Baby, Let It Rain Deer um, uh, also got a lot of mentions. Like Red Froggy mentioned it first. So here's a clip from Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Fist. On the first day of Christmas, my true love came to me. Christmas, my true love gave to me three grand chance, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of 
Me in the Christmas mood. Well, you know, maybe we could spell their name wrong. Oh, snap. oh it is on. <laughs> Longtime listeners will know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, Brandon Telg mentions a few. He says, Here's five of them. He says, Sufjan's. Rosie Thomas's A Very Rosy Christmas. I got to agree with that. Yeah. Jars, Verve Remixed Christmas, and Reliant Case. Oh, so here's a clip from Rosie Thomas's A Very Rosy Christmas. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Oh, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought some corn from popping The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow I love Rosie Thomas. It's good stuff. She's okay. Have you ever heard her like talk, like her speaking voice? No. It's very, very squeaky. Like Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite moment. I'm not. Never mind. Just everyone watch. Everyone watch the show. <laughs> I like because the there was a great moment where he puts this guy in an arm bar at the cadet place, <laughs> and the guy's going ow ow ow, and Steve Steven Seagal in front of everyone slaps him open handed in the face. <laughs> I love that in the course of the podcast we've recommended something really good, which is Shad, and then we've also recommended Steven Seagal. Like those are our recommendations. <laughs> this is what people are taking. And away Rosie from Thomas. Here. And Rosie Thomas. Yeah. Uh, hey, back to the Christmas songs. Hannah Schrarer. I don't know how you say her name. She recommends the album "Snow Angels" by Over the Rhine. Interesting. It's pretty. But she, but here she she uh, listed out a, a few songs, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, the Christmas song by the Ravenettes. Um, Christmas is going to the dogs by Eels. Christmas on the beach by Irene. Hey Parker, it's Christmas. Ryan Adams. Are you coming over for Christmas? Bell and Sebastian. Babe in the Straw by Cademan's Call. It's a little older than five years if it's Cademan's Call. Uh, Weezer, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, and then Rosie Thomas says, Christmas, don't be late. Okay, the, the Weezer Christmas album is really fun, but I don't know if I recommend purchasing it. Like if someone were to give you a copy, I'd take it and listen to it. I mean, because they totally phoned it in. Like they probably recorded that whole album in like a day. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun because it's Weezer. You know what I mean? That's how honestly the Frank Sinatra stuff is. If you, Like Dean Martin and all of his all of his peers have great... I mean, iconic Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you ever hear a Frank Sinatra Christmas song, he so doesn't want to be there. Hmm. Listen yeah. to his voice. It's like, I, I don't care. There's nothing that he's adding to it. He probably walked in the studio and walked right out after he sang I it. like some of his stuff, but I think it's best to not get it all at once. Like, I have a Christmas with the Rat Pack sampler, and that one's fantastic, because it's like Frank every fourth song. Mm. Oh, it, it really is like Phil Hartman on <laughs> the old SNL skits, where he would be Sinatra, you know? And he'd be doing duets with people in the studio. Did no, you guys not see Phil Harmon. No, not Phil Harmon. Go back further. It's um, it's uh, the guy uh, P- Joe Pescopo, Joe Pepitone, Joe. It's an old. It, it's from the early eighties. Uh, it's not Phil. Well, Hartman did do an, an, an impression later, but I know who you're talking about. Oh, too. did he? Yeah, there were there have been two because the Hartman on the ones show. was Sinatra when he's like the, the most jaded right, jerk like ever. Really like old. people come into the studio with him, you know. 
And he's like, all right, all right, we're singing, we're singing, get out of here, wrap that one, that's a gold album, don't oh, get yeah, out yeah. of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like You're Bono right. walks in. And- I'm thinking yeah. of the era where they did the uh, Frank Sinatra singing with Sammy Davis Jr., and it was Eddie Murphy, oh, and, yeah. and they did Ebony and Ivory as a duet, <laughs> and it was like, I, you are black. And I am white. You are blind as a bat, and <laughs> I have sight, and all this stuff. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. <laughs> what was his name? That's gonna Joe, bother Joe me Piscopo. Now. Piscopo, something like Joe that. Piscopo. I think something like that. Somebody Pip, IMDb it. Pipsico? That, that guy, that, but Joe Piscopo. To be fair, he's like older than Dan Hasseltine. No one knows who he is. <laughs> 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 all right well that'll do it for your feedback from last week and your little you know we hope you put we put you in the christmas mood with all the clips um here is this week's editorial question of the week editorial question of the week hey. well we've asked you about your christmas music favorites what we want to know now is that your favorite christmas gift you've ever gotten i mean you, you could be four years old you're really hoping for that bike you, you got it and you know you never thought you would it, it could be something totally different but we want to know your stories of the best present you ever got for christmas and we have to say it's kind of i mean it, it, obviously this is true but it's kind of cheating to say jesus like that's everyone's best christmas sure gift. It's of just course. Like, would it be cheating if i said christmas came early this year and the best gift was steven seagal's lawman <laughs> no <laughs> so that would not be cheating at all that would not, yeah that's valid okay referees say fair um so what you need to do is go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and right there at the bottom in the comments, just tell us your stories and we will read our favorites on the air next week. Okay, a couple little housekeeping notes. First off, we have the results of the beard contest, the No Shave November contest that several of the guys in the office did. We had Chad, Jesse, Ryan, Justin, and Tim. They all competed. You went over to relevantgentlemensociety.com, looked at their faces way too closely and voted on who had the best man face at the end of November in a landslide. I mean, landslide. The winner is Chad Michael Snavely. Nice. I mean, landslide. Well, I mean, deservedly so. Yeah. Well, you know, here's here's the thing, that, the consolation for you, Ryan. Hmm. Everybody got more votes than Tim. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Even Justin and his looked like some sort of dead animal. Yeah, I think he, Justin had his friends and family voting yeah. for him. Well, I asked Kate to go vote for me, so it's, yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, second place was Jesse. You came in third. Oh, that's nice. Um, Justin came in fourth, and Tim <laughs> pulled up the rear. So, no. by the way, the <laughs> last two weeks we have uh, mentioned uh, giveaways. We've read ten people won each of the weeks, and and we have prizes uh, for you. Not all of you have contacted us with your addresses yet. So if you um, if you submitted. And, and were chosen for uh, last week's one gift pack in the week before the signed copy of Don Miller's new book. Uh, email us at feedback at relevantmagazine.com and we can get that in the mail to you. Well, I guess on that note, we'll wrap it up. We got we to gotta keep it moving because uh, we have to get ready tonight for the uh, relevant staff Christmas party tomorrow. Yeah. So. There will not be photos on Facebook of that. Hopefully not. <laughs> Make sure to tune in next week. We actually um, have a, a emerging independent artist, Josh Bales, that uh, performs live. And we have an interview with an incredible group, The Low Anthem. Which was fun because I did it. I did the interview. Mm-hmm. And it was... Taped. You didn't mess it up? No. As well, I may have. I don't know. But <laughs> screw this one up. <laughs> <laughs> Chad salvaged it. Let's just leave it at that. But it was recorded, it was recorded in an alley. So we just went behind the social and I pulled Is that out. all that happened? What? (laughs) 
Yes. Let's, okay. Let's leave it at <laughs> let's that. Let's leave it at yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so make sure to tune in for that. Many thanks to... Uh, I really hope my mom never listens to this. Uh, don't worry. She. We lost her at the monkeys. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, many thanks. She's too busy watching the Seagal show. <laughs> I hope so. Many many thanks to As Tall As Lions for coming through. Again, you can check them out as at AsTallAsLions.com. And we aren't sure which lions they're referring to. It might be the Detroit Lions. Hmm. Um, but we're not calling them liars. No. Yeah. Also, many thanks to Shad. Uh, his current album is The Old Prince. Do yourself a favor. Pick up a copy for yourself and about five others for Christmas gifts. You can you can check him out at ShadK.com. S-H-A-D-K.com. It's worth your time. Yeah. Um, and his music videos, like like one of my favorite videos ever, indie videos that we've ever done is actually on relevant.tv. So just go over there and search for Shad. Yeah. It'll pop right up. He really, I mean, he really is great. Really is, yeah. honestly. I don't pump up artists a lot because we have a lot of great music that comes across our path, but it's so rare in the hip hop community that you find somebody who's socially conscious, lyrically skilled, has great music, but also comes from faith. I mean, right. is a Christian, and I mean, and it all comes together, and it's awesome. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I love finding stuff like this. So anyway, go check Shad out, shadk.com. On that note, we'll wrap it. I am Cameron Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. On behalf of Chad Michael Snavely, we'll see you next week. I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, there's Steven Seagal, the movie star. Well, wipe that out of your head, because Steven Seagal's about to save your life.